Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle welcome Wolves to St James's Park on Sunday. And as usual, I'm joined by John Gibson to look ahead to that game. John, it is all a bit doom and gloom, especially across social media about Newcastle's season at the moment. But I'm going to come to you first off. Let's try and be positive. You know, yes, their form has slipped, but they're still sixth. They've still got a game in hand on Liverpool. They've got two games in hand on Tottenham. The top four, the race of the top four, in my view, is very much still in Newcastle's hands. Is that something you agree with? Are we are we positive with that fact? It's in Newcastle's hands. Uh, you're quite right in as much as mathematically, if we do the business, uh, then we can still be fourth. And I mean, what's really annoying, I would think, for all the fans and for us and for everybody else is that currently in fourth, albeit haven't played more games as Spurs, so all they do is trip over their shoelaces in Europe as well. It's incredible to think they're, they're in fourth place. Uh, I think now the big test for Newcastle is going to be Liverpool. Uh, because of the way they come up and slaughtered for the fourth place, I'm talking about, and slaughtered Man U. And, um, you know, we must greatly regret the six points we handed Liverpool this season because uh, I felt in both games we could have won. I mean, it was a travesty that we didn't at Anfield um, or certainly didn't get a, a point at Anfield. And I mean, even here, when they scored two goals, that defence looked so vulnerable, they were still weak. So, yes, it is in our hands. There's no question about that. Um, But it's also, I mean, what we did at the beginning of the season, the first half of the season was absolutely outrageous. I mean, we were punching so far above what we had. It was wonderful. One defeat in the 16, uh, best uh, defence in the league, blah, blah, blah. That's in a little ways come home to haunt us because when you punch above your weight, you eventually start punching your weight, don't you? But you've you've lifted the expectation so high that we can actually be disappointed about being sixth. And 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 a lot of people are because we were third and we weren't third fleetingly, we were third for a while. So you know, sixth when we're drifting that way produces disappointment, but only because we were so sensational at the start of the season. And it's a shame if it had happened the other way on, if we'd started very slowly and then suddenly in the second half of the season flew, the mood would be so, so different. But, you know, you were saying, let us be optimistic and that, that's a good thing to be. But and, and it is in our hands. And if we start winning, this happens and that happens and the other happens. But you know what? We've got to start looking after ourselves. It is in our hands, but why I think it's in Newcastle's hands is not because mathematically in the league table it is, it's because it's in our hands to do something about our own form. And if we continue talking the way we talk, Andrew, in six weeks' time, we'll still be saying, well, you know, we can still get into sixth place for the Europa League or something if we start doing something about it. Don't you think it's about time we started doing something about it? Because Yes, we, we, we overdid Dyson on the cake early in the season. But if we overperformed then, we're underperforming now, Andrew. There's no question. By our standards, we are better than our results are now. But you know what? 
our results are as consistent now as they were before Christmas. They're just consistent the other way. We don't win anymore. We've won one this year, and that was in the 89th minute at home to Fulham 1-0 when if we hadn't scored in the 89th minute, it would have been yet another draw. And so I've got a feeling that we're running out of excuses and we've got to start looking after ourselves. You know, I, I, what I've found I do, Andrew, now, and I don't know if you do this, I keep looking at all the other results to see if they'll help Newcastle. Oh, Liverpool's winning, that's bad. Oh, uh, Spurs have tripped over their bootlaces. Uh, the other day, Fulham lost at Brentford. I was thrilled because Fulham would have gone above us. I thought, isn't that... And then I'm thinking, am I going to go through the whole season looking at everybody else's results when we... Sh if we take care of our own business, the other results don't matter. You say that it's time to start looking after ourselves. So my question to you, John, and no doubt you'll say this is the million-dollar question, how did Newcastle United, how does Eddie Howe start looking after you know, his team and, and turn this form around? Do you think it's going to come through personnel change? And if so, are, are you expecting you know, maybe two, three, four? Personnel change for the game against Wolves? Terrific question. The advantage Eddie's got over us, apart from his large wage to uh, sort this problem out, is the fact that he sees them every day in training and we don't. So he knows the mood of the players, who's doing what and why. It's always difficult to turn something around when you're overpunched uh, initially because getting back to that is almost impossible. Teams don't. Teams that fight above their weight rarely do it for a full season. They they do it in spurts, and we've had that spurt. And the only way now, I think, to have any chance of doing it is reverting to being very ruthless instead of very loyal. And if you have an alternative, and in every position we haven't alternatives, that's what's wrong. The squad isn't as deep, and neither would we expect it to be. This is a work in progress, and we're only three quarters of the season into that progress because from last season it was a relegation fight, so it's been wonderful. But we haven't got people that can change all different positions. We've got to stick with some guys. But yes, sometimes you've got to be ruthless as opposed to loyal. And if you want to say you're not dropping the person, you're resting them, you're allowing them to, to come again. I think Callum Wilson's in that position. I think Dan Burns in that position. Maybe, can I mention it with you in the, in the room, maybe Miggy's in that position. Whereby taken out and put back in can be, can be a way of handling things. But if it's ruthless, it's ruthless. If you want to be loyal, you're just giving them a rest and you're still loyal to them. I don't think it's either. But I think Callum Wilson's got to go. I mean, he's living on he's living on automatic pilot from yesterday. And um, I mean, when I look when I look at Callum Wilson, and I don't want to just talk about him because it's a shame for him, but when I look at Callum Wilson on a match day, the one thing that I get is that he's not training 100% every day with its, with the first-team squad. He, he's not sharp enough. He doesn't look sharp enough. He's, I'm suspecting that he's training a little while on his own and then coming into the first-team squad the day before game or whatever. He is not, at, forgetting his injuries, he's not at peak performance standard is now he doesn't look the man he was at all and therefore i think it would be doing him a favor 
to to pull him out. And he is in a position where you can pull him out because you've got a knees up. Like you've got a Gordon so you can pull out one of your white men and give them a rest. You can pull out Dan Byrne. Now you've got target fit again. But there's certain positions it's it's more difficult to do that. I mean, I thought Lascelles went in, in the, at the game at Man City and didn't let the side down whatsoever. Um, and that was a, a bit of a shock. We weren't quite certain that was going to happen. Um, but I, I think people like Dan Byrne and Callum Wilson need need to be taken out the firing line as much for their own sake as for the team's sake. You mentioned there, Miguel Almiron, people who listen to our Monday show, me and Aaron, will know that I've actually advocated for Miguel Almiron to be rested against Wolves on Sunday. So I know that might come as a bit of a shock. Good gracious me, that, that by your standards and your uh, guilt-edged um, uh, membership card of the Almiron fan club is quite an admittance. I noticed you said yes. rested. Yes, rested. Yeah, but I mean, I mentioned I mentioned it there. I think he's at that stage where he needs that, you know, he, because it releases the pressure as well. And we can do it when you've got San Maximum, uh, you've got uh, Gordon, you've got Murphy, you've got people that can go into those wide positions and take him out. As as I think you should take Dan Byrne out. As I think, you you know, you should take Callum Wilson. Well, I've suggested that Jacob Murphy actually starts in the place of Almiron on Sunday. I've been quite impressed with his cameo performances and it's it's provoked a bit of debate, John, across social media and there'll be a, a fresh video on Friday afternoon about the reasons why, a bit more detail about why I suggest Murphy should get the nod ahead of Almiron. But just on that, would you start Murphy in place of Almiron on Sunday, John? I was delighted with his performance at Man City. I thought the few minutes that he had in the park of Man City, he looked twice as good as anybody that played in a wide position in that match. Because he actually, you know, he actually outran somebody and got first-time crosses in and very, very dangerous crosses in. Um, so, yes, I mean, uh, you've got to try something of, of that nature. I mean, I look, Dan Byrne needs refreshing. Uh, he, he looks one paced and a tired, bless him, wide fullback position. If you're one paced out there, you, you know, because you're on the tram lines, you, if you're tight in the centre of a defence with people around you on both sides and get away with it, out there you can't get exposed. And he look, he's done terrific in that position for Newcastle, but it's time to say thanks a lot, pull him out, and consider him for his best position, which is to play somewhere in the centre of defence. You've got Target, who can now, it looks as if he's just about fit enough to go in there. And now, doesn't it tell us how much back Jamal Lewis has gone? I mean, we'd forgotten he was there till Northern Ireland picked him again. Um, uh, and by the way, you know, with respect to Northern Ireland, they haven't got a shed load of left-backs that they can pick ahead of him. And... Um, but, you know, I mean, he needs to find a new club and we need to find a left-back for next season because it's obvious that the manager is not totally convinced by target in the long term. Um, and so we've got to sign the left-back, which is why we're linked with Tierney. Well, I was just going to mention that. I mean, we're going to get sidetracked slightly here, John, but Kieran Tierney, you know, he's got some big fans. Ian Wright's a big fan. Alan Shew is a big fan. Mikel Arteta's clearly a big fan. It's just... Shinshenko has come in and, and, and got that spot over Tini. 
you know, he's been said previously that he could be captain material for Arsenal in the future. He sounds like the kind of player, and I'll admit I've not watched too much of him, but when you read what these you know big names are saying about him and how he's impressed them, he sounds like the kind of player in terms of reputation, that the way he applies himself, the way he's handling not actually being in the side as well. He sounds like the kind of player that if Newcastle are going to stay at the top level of the Premier League, kind of player Newcastle need to sign. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's a left-back version of uh, Kieran Trippier. Um, just the other side of the pitch. He was an excellent player at Celtic. He was a brilliant player when he first went down to Arsenal. The only question mark I've got against Tierney is to make certain he is fit and he's not injury-prone because he's had a lot of injuries recently and we do not want to buy another Callum Wilson, bless him. It doesn't matter how much uh, potential and ability you've got if you're regularly injured. But I think he would be an absolute terrific signing, fitness, subject to fitness, without a shadow of doubt. I think he's the right type of person um, and he's definitely a step-up from um, what we've got available on the left side right now. So looking elsewhere in the Newcastle United side, we've said there, burnout for target. Questions over whether LaSalle stays in the side or if shares fit, he comes back in. What would you be doing, John? Is a chair back in or are you keeping LaSalle's? I would put chair back in. I I was very impressed in with uh, LaSalle's down at Man City. Um, Funnily enough, and this would might sound quite stupid, Andrew, but I think because of the, all the goals the guy's got, but I think Haaland's the type of centre-forward he likes to play. A big man that he can battle. He doesn't like Haaland's pace, but he was very clever at making certain he didn't get away with pace because Lascelles isn't great on handling pace, but he's great on handling a big centre-forward. It's the tricky guys. It's Bernardo Silva when he's going through the middle and dropping his shoulder in low centre of gravity that produces problems. I mean, Shea has been consistently top, top draw for uh, for Eddie Howe, um, if not for uh, Bruce. Uh, so, uh, yes, I would bring him, I would bring Shaw back in and I would play targeted left back and I would play Isaac at centre forward and you can do what you want on the wings, whether it's uh, Gordon, you've got to give it a run to because you, that's the only way we're going to find out. The other... The other wide player could be Murphy or Miggy, depending on which way you want to do it. And I guess just on the centre-back issue, if Newcastle were looking at Wolves and it was going to be Diego Costa starting up front, you might then say, well, he's a bit more of a player Lascelles likes to deal with. Yeah, and Fabian Cher yeah, might get a bit... He, Fabian Cher is prone to getting wound up a little bit and Costa's definitely the guy to pull the strings. However... Costa isn't likely to play because his his knees popped and it's likely he, to be Jimenez. Yeah, so it's likely he to be Jimenez, who's a bit more of a pacey in the, in round the back kind of striker. So maybe share. He could give Lascelles trouble. Yeah, to sh- he could give Lascelles trouble because he's tricky, and that's down Shaw Street. Uh, you're right, Diego Costa, Harlan, your big centre forward who can be physical. Um, Lascelles will have a dip at him. Game after game, but your clever, your clever centre forward is a bit more of a hand. Yeah, Jimenez hasn't scored in the Premier League for one year. Newcastle's look I at the moment. Most... I was Newcastle's look at the moment. John, he's grabbing a hat trick on Sunday, isn't he? 
Oh, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Because he's quality. Uh, but he, he suffered from that very bad head injury, didn't he? And he's never looked quite the player since in terms of courage, which is understandable. In terms of courage, sticking your head where it, it, it oughtn't to be, etc., etc. He doesn't look. But there's not one person that's played centre forward for Wolves, centre forward for Wolves as opposed to wide, that is scored in a year. That is phenomenal. I mean, this game's got no note written all over it, heaven forbid. But, I mean, we have scored three and eight or, or, or whatever it is, and they've scored 19. The, Nobody's scored less goals in the Premier League this season than Wolves. It's got no note written all over it, but heaven forbid, because uh, we need to win in 1-0 either way is probably the way it would go. You mentioned there Anthony Gordon, and there's a debate about whether he starts, whether it's St Maxman... You know, Gordon got the nod against City ahead of St. Maximum. Do you keep Gordon out on that left or do you bring Maxi in? And maybe, because you've also got the issue of replacing Joe Linson, could you drop Gordon back potentially in the midfield or is that a Joe Willick spot? So I guess the first question is, John, does Anthony Gordon start and where? I, I think Anthony Gordon has to start because you can't buy somebody for 40 million and this applies to Isaac in lots of ways. And then give him once, you know, don't play him because he's cup tied in the League Cup. Then you give him a start and then you immediately take him out again. And the guy's got to have a little bit of a run to just... And he is an Eddie Howe type of player. Can run all day, high-pressing player, etc. He's from the Eddie Howe school of footballers, um, Gordon. So I think you've got to play Gordon um, because... You're not going to get any consistency out the side, out the guy, putting them in, taking them out, putting them in back in, taking them out again. And then you can look at um you can look at uh, San Maximum and Murphy for one of them playing on the right. I'm not certain that Gordon can do the overall game is an out and out midfielder. Joe Willick is well loved by um Eddie Howe who has either started him or brought him on as a sub in every single game he's been available for um, before injury. Uh, so I would expect Willick to go in there. You know, you know what I would love to see happening, talking about Newcastle's luck or their lack of luck or what's happening to them. You know what we need more than anything? We need Bruno to be 100% fit. This boy has been carrying a niggle every game. He's got the heart the size of a frying pan, as we regularly say on this programme, and he has that. And he can do everything. He can play the defensive midfield. He can play the attacking midfield. He can be a ball player. He can be a ball winner. And he can be a finisher. He can do all those. But if you've watched him closely recently, he has not been fit. Not in the way Wilson's not fit. Wilson's not fit because he's not training Monday to Friday. This guy's not fit because he's carrying he's carrying an ankle knock, he's carrying this. And he's still valiant, he still will make a contribution because he's that good. But he isn't quite, quite the player that he was when he was injury-free. We need him. If we can get him to the international break and, and, and you know, it... <laughs> And maybe get some training into him and a bit more. He is carrying at the moment. We need him to be fit. And at the moment, with Joe Linton out, he becomes even more important in midfield. 
because supposing Bruno was out, who? What are you then doing midfield? You've got to go then, Longstaff, Willock, and say Elliot Anderson. And I'm not having to go at any of those three. But you know, you miss, you're missing. So we will miss Joe Linton. The physicality of Joe Linton will be missed on in the next two games. There's absolutely no question about that. Well, that was going to be my next question. Just how big of a miss is Joe Linton? I did a oh, video. Yes. On our YouTube channel on on Tuesday about my view on it, you know, I'll, I'll repeat myself. For me, he's been the most consistent performer throughout the whole season. He's probably, again, in my view, the only player whose form hasn't really dipped. I don't think, um, yeah. and he is going to be a huge miss because. And, 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 and John, who who would have thought we would be sitting here, seeing oh. this? Yeah. Me. Yes, when he was centre-forward, when sorry, he was never a centre-forward and, and I don't think he saw himself as a centre-forward. He saw himself as a wide-left attacker. But when we were playing him centre-forward, uh, you know, I was advocating that he went out the side. I, I made him just that much better than Chris Wood. And now he, he is, and we are absolutely right in saying that, that he will be a huge miss because he's got a bit of everything. He's physical, he's tall, he's powerful. The one thing that I, I want to see him do a little bit better than he does is when he plays in midfield, he tackles like a centre-forward, which is why he's got 10 bookings. Um, he's, he's, and centre-forwards aren't going to tackle. How often do we say centre-forward, that was a centre-forward's tackle? The same as we say that was a centre-half shot in the park when you knock the guy's hat off behind the goal. And so uh, he's got to get used to to challenging a little bit more cute than he has done, which is why he's got all the bookings. But he's going to be hugely missed. And you know what's you know what's really sad about it is that he's going to be hugely missed because these are two winnable games against Wolves and Forest. If he'd missed Man City in a, in, in something else, not the game before that because that was Wembley. But if he missed that sort of game, you could almost say, well, we're going to lose anyway. It's City. So, but for him to be missing out of these two games, when if we can put out our best side, we can win. If we don't, by the way, if we win neither of these games, Wolves and Forest, we can win. Goodbye to you. So it is now or never. And, and that's where he's going to be a big miss, Joe. Yeah, 100% he is because you can see him. He would have dominated the midfield alongside Bruno. It is a massive shame. But, you know, Joe Willick, he's back. It's a good chance for him to step up. Yes, you lose that physicality that Joe Linton brings. But, you know, Definitely. Willick maybe got a better eye for goal. So it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic works. You know, you would think it would be Willick ahead of Elliot Anderson. Um, and then you've got yes. players to bring off the bench, hopefully. But, you know, we've got uh, a list of changes here that you and I would, would make. But we also yes. know that when it comes to Eddie Howe, changes are very unlikely. You know, he's forced into making the change with Joe Linton because he, Joe Linton's suspended. The only, the, only, the only one that he made, which was quite a surprise because he doesn't make changes unless he's forced into them. He put he put Gordon in ahead of Sam Maximum at Man City. And, and that was voluntary because uh, Sam Maximum wasn't injured. And that was a surprise. But really, this is what I'm talking about. It's not disloyal to rest a good servant that's going to, that's in a dip in form. And that's why he ought, I want to see Eddie, please Eddie, do us all a favour. It is not disloyal. It, it is shrewd. 
get Dan Byrne out and get Callum Wilson out. Give them a rest. We know what they've done for this club. We know what you think of them. But at this precise moment, Target and Isaac have more chance. I'm not saying they're better players, but they've got more chance. But but, but let's be honest, if it comes to, uh, what is it, half three on Sunday afternoon or whatever time kickoff is, uh, the team news will drop. And it's the same lineup as it is City with with but with chair back in and Willick in for Joe Linton, but Willick starts up top and Dan Byrne starts at left back. No one would be that surprised, would they? They wouldn't be that surprised, but they'd be that disappointed. But I tell you, we'd definitely be disappointed, Target and Isaac, because if they can't get in now, when are they going to get in? Particularly Isaac, because Target's just coming back from injury. Uh, but particularly Isaac. Um, yes, uh, People wouldn't be surprised, but don't you think it is not being critical of Eddie Howe? Because how can he be critical of the job this man's done this season? It's been fabulous. But everybody can get something a bit wrong or be blinded by loyalty or, or whatever, or blinded by the fact that if this guy's on his, if everybody's on the game, who's best? Well, Wilson's best. But is, is that when he's on his game? He's not on his game and he hasn't been for an awful long time. And what worries me is that if we don't win these next two games or beat Wolves and get at least a draw at Forest, then we can't forget any Europe, never mind Champions League. So we've got to bite the bullet now and it's got to be bit. And by the way, what are you going to say to Isaac? What are you going to say to Isaac if he doesn't start yet again? Because if he doesn't start now, when he's been here six months, when is he going to start? From his point of view, I mean, mm. you know? I mean, yeah, for me, he has to start on, on Sunday, but then he had to start the final and he had to start against Manchester City. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with the team news on Sunday against Wolves. Of course, Wolves, John, you know, are on a good run of form. The new manager's come in and turned it around. They're 13th in the table. They're 7th in the form table from the last... Six games, won three, drawn one, lost two, beat Spurs, but on some weekends... Everybody beats Spurs. On some weekends, that's, that's a really good result. On other weekends, it's an expected result. Traore got the goal. He's been in and out of the side. Doesn't look like he's got a future, but he was brought on and, and gets the goal. You know, they've... Traore's there, San Maximum, isn't he? He is, but he looks like he's going to be away in the summer, which, of course, some people say St Maximum might be as well. Um. They're an interesting side. Like I say, the manager's come in and turned them around. But if you're Newcastle United, regardless of the form of late, you're targeting this game as it is three points, as it is a must win, aren't you? You've got to. You've got to. Man City away wasn't going to be uh, an automatic three points, was it? And, you know, we after, after we play um, Wolves and Forest, we play Man U up here. Not an automatic three points. I'm not saying we can't beat them. Of course we can beat them. They've just lost seven. But it's not automatic. If you can't beat Wolves and you can't beat Nottingham Forest, forget it's Newcastle, Andrew. If if a club wants to be in the Champions League or wants to qualify for the Europa League, they beat Wolves at home. We've played, or Newcastle have played a lot of the sides down the bottom who concede goals who can't score goals you know and and on paper you say that's three points Newcastle you look at Leeds Bournemouth West Ham but 
they've struggled to beat them. What is the reason, John? Why can't they beat? Why can't they beat the sides down the bottom? Mainly because they come uh, whether they're home or away with a game plan, which is just two banks of four throw the ball at Newcastle and say get round us. We have not yet got the players to do that. We will have, hopefully next season, if we get a Madison, we'll get the right midfield players. We haven't got the out-and-out silky game changers to open this up. You look at the middle of the park, Bruno's given about our greatest hope, given about four different jobs to do. We know what Longstaff does well. We know what Willock does. We know what Joe Linton does. But none of them is what we would have called in the old days a game changer, a, 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 a silky skills, a person that sees the first time pass even before the ball's reached him, he knows where it's going. We haven't got those sort of players, so we are going to have to go this other way around it. And if, if a side put two banks of four in front of us, unless we get a break somewhere to give us a lead and we can build on that, and or their discipline goes to heck because they're suddenly two goals down in 20 minutes, then we are going to find it tough. That is the next step. There's always a next step. The next step for Newcastle is to import the correct players that are game changers. So, I mean, every victory we've had, even when we beat Leicester 3-0, etc., etc., early in the season, when we're doing lots of draws, some of the wins were just by the single goal, weren't they? 2-1 or 1-0. And it could have easily gone and been a draw. We we need the next step is to get the 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 locksmith, the guy that unpicks the locks. That's the next step. We haven't got that at the moment. So from now to the end of the season, whether we're successful or not, there'll be a lot of perspiration rather than inspiration. I think the other point on that as well is that some of the players have tailed off. So the likes of Kieran Trippier is not the level. So he was playing an instrumental oh, role in winning those games. Been you so average. Yeah. He's passing. Trippier's passing. I'm not talking about even even sort of some of his free kicks or his corners aren't beating the near man. I mean, for the by the way, in it isn't having a go at him. Everybody has a, a dip in form, but they're all having a dip in form together. Trippier isn't playing like he can. Burns not playing like he can. Bruno's not playing like he can because he's carrying. Um, Wilson's not playing like he can. Or Sam Maximum. Or Almiron. How many have we mentioned there? As you said, it's easier to mention the ones that are playing up the scratch, which is probably Joe Linton and maybe Pope. Um, but, you know, there's not many. No, not at all. We need them all to step up uh, and fingers crossed they, they can start that on Sunday against Wolves. You mentioned there the game changers Newcastle don't have John and another hint towards the summer window. Today, Newcastle have been linked to James Ward-Prowse. I think people of the podcast know I'm a huge, huge fan of him. Only 28, dead ball specialist. I mean, he, you, you, you said they, they need a locksmith, someone who can pick the pass without even yep. thinking about it. For me, he fits that bill absolutely perfectly if Newcastle went out and signed Ward-Prowse in the summer I'd, uh, I'll, I'll be running down Northumberland Street celebrating because I think he just he just I hit the team you up I hope you on when you're doing that well, you see, I, I, well you see I, a lot of people would, that's usually the phrase isn't it I'll run down naked but I didn't say that just just to clarify that's not what I said I'll run I down I'll run down with a flag celebrating that's what I'll do um, but fully clothed but 
on James Ward-Prowse, he is a fantastic player. Would you like to see him in black and white come the summer? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can name, without sitting here, you can name a few, can't you? Madison, James Ward-Prowse, they would really lift this club. And it is the next step. First of all, we got the defence right, didn't we? We bought a goalkeeper in, in, in three of the back four. So we got the defence right and the result was we had the best defensive record in the Premier League. We've had a dip at getting the front right, bringing Isaac in at 60 million, bringing Gordon in at 40 million, etc., etc. Bruno, huge signing and steady in the midfield. The next step is not just a goal scorer, and yes, we need a regular goal scorer, but we need the locksmith in the middle of the park. That, for me, is the next step. And I would fully expect that to be addressed in the summer in yeah. Newcastle. Because if it isn't, then we live on a wing and a prayer again next season where we're doing well, but can we get the breakthrough goal to win matches? I mean, what I worry about against uh, Wolves and Forest is can we get that one goal that's going to bring victory? And that is always debatable. It's always in doubt because we haven't got these guys that, that can open up. But we've got to get them in there. And it's natural. We're not going to get them all in the barrel load. In the first transfer window we had with new owners, we weren't going to get a lorry load of players with defenders in the back, midfielders in midfield and centre forward sitting up front. It's going to take time. But we must solve that problem. And in the meantime, we've got to try to make the best of it that we can to get the results in the next two games. Because we need to win these two games. No question in my mind about that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, before we just quickly run through the team we think Eddie Howe will play, just give me a, a, your brief thoughts on the situation with Ryan Fraser now playing with the under-21s or training with them at the very least. Uh, hasn't got a future on Tyne's side. And that's the ruthless... Uh, kind of streak we need to see from Eddie Howe. He's he's made that decision. He's said, right, Ryan, go off. You're not, you're not training with the first team and we need the, to see more of that. The, soon, the sooner Ryan Fraser leaves Newcastle, the better. He has some ability, but he's not the sort of player you want. I mean, when you've got to send somebody to train with the reserves so he's out of the building, not just out of the team or out of the squad, but out of the building because he can be disruptive. What does that do? Mind you, that's going to tell somebody that's going to buy him, hey, do I want to spend good cash on this guy? Um, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but he's not the sort of guy that you you, you want around. Um, he's, he's repeatedly let people... Remember, you're saying this is very... Um, that uh, Eddie Howe has shown a ruthlessness here. Eddie Howe will remember what Ryan Fraser did to Eddie Howe at Bournemouth when he refused to stay on for the end of the season. As a consequence, Paul Mouth went down and Eddie Howe got the sack. And and he, he had a, a major falling out with another ex-Newcastle coach, Steve Clark, his manager of, of, of uh, Scotland. I mean, he can cause trouble in an empty house, Ryan Fraser. I mean, the, the sooner we sell him, he's got to go. There's absolutely no question. There's a few others have got to go, but for no other reason by their, their expendable team-wise. But they can be terrific guys, but they've still got to go, as uh, Fernandez and, uh, and loads of players in the, in the past have had to do. But Ryan Fraser, we need out big time. The trouble is, 
who's going to take and That's the question. Uh, ben Dawson did say to uh, an 21 reporter, Chris Knight, that Fraser's been been really good with the, with the with the lads and in, in training with the under 21 so that that's good to good to hear that he's not proven disruptive you think he's going to well, say no, anything but we'll, we'll, we'll take coach. we'll take Ben Dawson's word for it um will we? we will we'll, we'll say Ben Dawson's doing the correct job for the club that's what we'll say. let's quickly then run through the team we expect Eddie Howe to play then on Sunday yeah. not the team we would but the Eddie, Eddie Howe team so I'll go first Pope Trippier Cher Botman I think Dan Byrne is going to play. Joe Willick, Longstaff, Bruno, Gordon, Miggy, Wilson. I think that's the team Eddie Howe will play. Well, that's very interesting. Um, it's not the team I would play, and it's not the team I, I suspect you would play if we were picking it. Um, I think he could keep Dan Byrne there, honestly. And he would have a ready-made excuse publicly if he wanted by saying targets not up to speed will not get 90 minutes out of him. Uh, you, you could say that. But if he sticks with Wilson, I mean, I'm a big Wilson fan. You could go back into our archives and I did a programme with you saying this guy is capable of becoming one of the all-time, but for injuries, becoming one of the all-time Newcastle centre-forwards, the number nine legend bit. That's how much I rate him. But at the moment, he must go for his own sake, but above all, for our sake. Because what matters is not Callum Wilson, is not Eddie Howe, it's the club. What is best for the club? And, Cal I mean, the miss at Man City was frightening. He didn't just miss it, he missed the ball physically. I mean, it was frightening. It was it was that bad. And he's, he's looked, I will reiterate, this guy isn't training Monday to Friday, every week, with the full squad, razor shop. Absolutely, we don't know, but that's my personal opinion, watching him on match day. He's nowhere near that. And my second thing, apart from the fact that... You could sit Callum down and, and explain it all to him. What on earth do you say to Isaac at £60 million club record buy and he's been here six months and he's had five Premier League starts? I mean, if he can't get in the side now, he'll never get in the side. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess one of the arguments might be is that the way Wolves defend a bit more physical, they don't really allow players to run in behind them. Maybe Callum Wilson's more of a fit for the way Wolves' defence play. I, I, he holds the ball up. I know he's not been doing I that. Wish late, you but I wish you wouldn't have used the word fit, and I knew you meant fit into the team selection, but that's the one thing he isn't. And, you know, that's the mistake we all make. That's the mistake we all make, Andrew. I don't mean me and you, but Eddie Howe as well. You look at the player and you think Callum Wilson can do it, but you're looking at the player at his best. You're not looking at the current player. And the current player, for me, can't do all those things you've just mentioned, and which, which when he can, is unquestionably... The, if we had the old Callum Wilson, Isaac would have to fit in where he fit in, and, and, and hard luck to him, because Callum Wilson's by far the best. But all the things you might want is centre forward to do against Wolves, which Callum Wilson can do. My question is, will he do it? And at the moment, I don't think so. That is the big question. Certainly, be interesting to see what happens on Sunday with the team news, right, John? What's the result going to be? Are Newcastle going to win? Yes, and I say it with fingers and toes crossed. But um, one nil. Uh, I, 
I can't see enough. I can't see either side. It's, I mean, it's got no note written all over it. Um, but heaven forbid, I'm looking for one break, one nil. We need that win. We're due that win. We're not as bad as results make us out to be. We're not as good as the first half of the season either. But we're not as bad as results make us out to be. And to give us all hope for the rest of the season, Newcastle have got to beat Wolves. And this is the sort of side, because Wolves aren't going to rip you apart. Wolves aren't going to score four goals and, and, and you know, do what Stoke City did to Sunderland. Uh, that ain't going to happen. Um, but... Yes, I'm going with a little bit of confidence this time, and I've had, I've, I've been taking wins um, and not been certain recently. And I did take a defeat at City. I, somebody took a win. I forget who it was anyway. But anyway, I think Newcastle won there on Sunday. I think it'll be tough. I think it'll be nervous. I think we'll be biting the fingernails. But I'm going one nil. There we go. One nil. We'll take that. I'm going to back for a win as well. Cheers, John as usual for popping on to the match preview to you guys listening hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news including the build up to Newcastle United versus Wolverhampton Wanderers on Sunday afternoon <laughs>